Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Rest Stop. It's January 19th, 2021. We're live here in Las Vegas on this Tuesday. Myself, Brad the Believer. You can follow me on all social media there, as well as my Facebook page, Brad Restituto, where we broadcast the show live. Spencer Ostrowski, Spencer the Wiz, joining me as always right by my side. We've got a good show for you today. Definitely heavy football talk as we're coming into championship weekend in the NFL. Some excellent divisional games. Uh, Cleveland, Kansas City, of course, we'll get into that. Green Bay holds home field and takes care of the Rams. Tom Brady, Drew Brees matchup was a great one. Uh, it may have been Drew, probably Drew Brees' last game in a New Orleans uniform. And um, just a fantastic, fantastic weekend of sports, and we're down to the final four. And we're going to get heavy into that. We're going to get into some Kyrie Irving basketball talk. James Harden now two games in with the Brooklyn Nets. What are their chances to make the NBA Finals? Some more news in the NFL. Some coaches moving around, having new jobs. Deshaun Watson, some great talk there. So we've got a, a really great sports show for you this evening, so make sure you stay tuned. And if you miss any part of the show live, as we're broadcasting on www.twitch.tv slash Football, the Twitch app, you can go to any of the podcasting platforms, whether it's Spotify, Google, Audio Boom, iTunes, and search Landry Football Conference Call. Give us a like, subscribe, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. So, Spence, let's get right into the NFL and let's recap this past Saturday and Sunday's game. Let's start off with the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens, Spence. And you know how high I've been on the Baltimore, uh, on the Buffalo Bills, and they, they haven't been beautiful during their playoff run, but they've done what they've had to do to get the wins. They hold the Baltimore Ravens to three points. The wind, of course, was a huge factor as Justin Tucker missed multiple field goals. Uh, we had Matt Humans on Thursday, talked about this game. I was on the Bills. He was on the Ravens. I won, won a bet on Twitter that I told you I was excited about. And the Buffalo Bills are one game away from going to the Super Bowl for the first time in well over two decades, Spence. And with the Kansas City Chiefs, their opponent this coming Sunday, kind of having a question mark at their quarterback position health-wise, the Buffalo Bills are riding some very high momentum right now. They haven't played perfect football by any means. But if they play one of their best games and they continue to improve defensively, we could be talking a week from now the Buffalo Bills representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year in Tampa. Yeah, and they'll have all the chance in the world to do it. The only thing that worries me, and you talked about it last week, actually, 
is that they need to be able to mix the run in with the pass. And even during one of the windiest games of the year, pass, 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 pass. I don't think they had a pass attempt in the first quarter, or at least it didn't, or a run attempt in the first quarter. Didn't feel like that at all. I mean, it works for them. It's what got them to this point. We all know that. It just wor- It's just worrisome because you saw on the other side, uh, the Packers came out running, I think, 13 times to seven to start the game off against the Rams, completely changing the way they've played the entire season. And to win Super Bowls, And to get to the Super Bowls, you're going to have to learn to be flexible, creative, a little risky. Uh, But still, I can't say this. I mean, I think they uh, their defense played tremendously well. Uh, A few really just bad mishaps. I mean, getting the interception in the end zone was really, really big. It changed the entire game, obviously, from a one score game to a two score game the other way. But uh, the Bills will have all the chance in the world to prove themselves against the Chiefs. And once they do that, they should have enough confidence to beat anybody because you know, the Chiefs were just Super Bowl champions. And these other teams, I mean, they will be facing a Hall of Fame quarterback one way or another if they do make the Super Bowl. But I don't think they're all that intimidated, especially if they take out the Chiefs. I do think Buffalo was fortunate. They did not balance their offensive attack at all. They didn't run the ball the first quarter. They barely ran the ball the entire first half. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl doing that, Spencer. I think Buffalo has got to find ways to keep the defense off balance. It's only going to be a matter of time before these smart coaches and experienced defenses and these players key in on that. And we've seen where Buffalo against good football teams isn't necessarily scoring 36, 40 points a game, not being balanced. I think they're able to run the football. They've got a good running back. They've got playmakers that if you get the ball in their hands, they can manufacture rushing yards. And it's not just Josh Allen has to do that. And there's no reason why you wouldn't make an attempt to do that. I don't care how innovative Brian Dable thinks he is. You can set up so much good play action passing and keep linebackers frozen by the ability of the run pass option of Josh Allen. And if you throw in some good play action fakes and some bootlegs, you can be uber successful doing that. I don't understand why. His stubbornness is there running the football, especially in the weather last week. 17 points, one of those being a defensive touchdown. 10 points offensively. Clearly that's showing that you're you're not lighting up the world. Okay, and they didn't necessarily light up the world throwing it time in and time out. If they're going to make a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, they're going to have to find balance. It's got to start this week. Of course, there's a huge question mark in Kansas City, Spence, with their quarterback situation. We'll get into that. In a little bit, but talk, let's talk about Baltimore for a second. Lamar Jackson left that game in the fourth quarter with a concussion. Tyler Huntley, former Utah quarterback, came in and he played admirably. He didn't light the world on fire, but he certainly gave them an opportunity to possibly compete there at the end. And Spence Baltimore, there's some questions I've heard on the Dan Patrick show. Dan talked about his sources in Baltimore. Not everybody's completely sold. On Lamar Jackson as a franchise quarterback, I know you're not completely sold on Lamar Jackson as a franchise quarterback. I don't know how I feel. I lean more towards, yes, I would like him as my franchise quarterback because I don't know that I can think of 10 guys off the top of my head that far and away are going to give you a better chance to win. I can think of seven to eight, but not 10 necessarily, Spence. So uh, that being said, what do you think about Lamar and, and what do you think needs to happen from him and the Ravens to put him uh, on that next tier of somebody who are like, okay, we can win a Super Bowl or we can get to a Super Bowl with this guy? Yeah, well, you know, I haven't been on him the entire season. It's just not developed enough as a passer. But that also a lot of it does rest on the Ravens franchise. You are, have a, an offense that's ran – akin to how Lynn Bowden ran the Kentucky offense. It's not going to work in the NFL because when you run these pseudo weird half shotgun formations with running back right behind you, the read is always that he's either going to, either going to run the ball or he's going to keep it himself. It's very easy to key in on, you know, the difference for him in his career will be when he's dropped back in the pocket by himself, empty sets, looking for receivers and the plays a little disjointed. And then he runs the ball, not these designed runs. It's too much. He had 1,000 yards rushing. We've seen in two postseasons in a row, it's not going to take you to the Super Bowl. Even Colin Kaepernick, when he led the 49ers, I mean, he was known for running the ball, but he was still a fairly accurate passer at the time. Or, and at least they ran a pro-style offense, and he got a lot of his yards off scrambling, not off of uh, some sort of weird play calling that they have. So I think they got to fire their offensive coordinator and just spend the entire season 
working on his accuracy to get them the ball. They have some decent weapons. I like Marquise Brown. I like uh, Mark Andrews. I think his name is uh, the tight end. He's yeah. been very successful. So they can get it done, but they have to put him in a space to succeed because right now he can play as hard as he wants, but they're not going to win a Super Bowl the way the teams run. Spence, let's go back to Buffalo for a second. Brian Dable has been in the conversation as a hot coordinator, potentially head coaching candidate. Looks like there's only two spots open now for the head coaching positions in the NFL left. The Philadelphia Eagles, who look to be targeting Josh McDaniels, New England Patriots offensive coordinator for their next head coaching position, and the Houston Texans head coaching job, which may be the least attractive job in the entire NFL. You've talked about that throughout the season. Uh, It's been even more of an avalanche in the last month with the Houston Texans. So is Brian Daywell back in Buffalo for one more season and giving the Bills an opportunity? We don't know what their their end of their season looks like this year, but we could be talking about the Buffalo Bills as a playoff factor here for the next three or four years, possibly, Spence. No, without a doubt. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. No one's getting overpaid. Everyone's kind of playing up to their contract. Eventually, you're going to run into it. It's not going to be perfect every season, but I like what they have going on, and the core of what they have is the successful part, and hopefully they're able to keep the engine going by replacing maybe some higher-paid players with some draft picks, and if they play well enough, then the the machine just keeps uh, going very uh, similar to the way the Patriots operated for so long. Josh Allen's still on his rookie contract, another hot NFL coaching candidate, former Minnesota Vikings head coach, and Super Bowl champion as a player with the Chicago Bears, Leslie Frazier, current defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, has really got this Buffalo defense playing a lot better football this last month. And I'm really excited to see Buffalo in this AFC Championship game. I know Bills Mafia is excited. Um, I I don't know if Bills Mafia has officially accepted me yet on the bandwagon, Spence, but I I have uh, put my ticket in to be on that bandwagon for many weeks now. Many weeks. You, You can attest. I said the Vikings were dead to me, and I am on the Bills. So I'm very excited to see Buffalo play Kansas City this week, and it's going to be a great one in Arrowhead. Spence, we'll keep it in the AFC, and we're recapping the divisional weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs, they got a win. They did not get the cover against the Cleveland Browns. And let me be the first to say this, Spence. I've been very hard on the Cleveland Browns and Kevin Stefanski. I want to give them a round of applause right now. Cleveland Browns, Mm. well done. Well done, Cleveland Browns, in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, you destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card weekend. You came out in this divisional round on the road and you played your ass off. And you gave your team an excellent chance to knock off the defending Super Bowl champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And, and you know I'm not big on moral victory, Spence, but this playing for your season, uh, there's something to be said about building a franchise and a culture when you've been absolute crap for many, many years. And I will give Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, without Odell Beckham Jr. and and this Cleveland Browns team a lot of credit. Uh, They very well could have won this game. They had a fumble at the goal line that by, uh, I believe it was Rod Higgins, that went out of the end zone that caused a touchback. That was very unfortunate. They held Kansas City to a lot of field goal attempts, and we know how unreliable Kansas City's kicker is. Cost them many points. And Cleveland fought their butts off, Spence, and they really had an opportunity to win that game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, left the game in the second half with what looked like a neck injury. They reported it as a concussion. We know he was limping around in the first half with that foot injury. And it's tough to win on the road, and it's tough to beat this Kansas City team. But we did talk about, Spence, this team has not covered a game in four months, and they were lucky to get out of this game with a victory. Cleveland Browns really took a great step forward, and I think they should be very proud. Um, but I think it'll be all for not Spence if they don't capitalize on this momentum. And if they're not in the playoffs again next year or the year after, this year may be all for not. So Cleveland's got to continue this momentum. They can't just go back to the eight and eight, nine and seven Browns after the season. And uh, to me, this game came down to one play in particular. It's not that fumble through the back of the end zone. It's unfortunate that it happened, obviously, but it's part of football. I know about it all too well with Derek Carr. He's done it twice in his career. But this game, on when you, it's fourth and nine at the end of the game, it was a five-point game at the time. You only have one timeout with about four minutes remaining. You have to go for it in that spot because if you miss it, okay, that stinks. They're in field goal range. But if you stop them to three downs, that means it's still an eight-point game, and you still have time on the clock to go. That was one. That's a fourth down you absolutely have to go for because 
You never know what happens if they go down and get two first downs. You only have one timeout. That's it. That's the end of the game. Now, Chen Henney had a horrible pass that was intercepted, obviously. So I guess that's the confidence they're going off of. I'm just not have not been a fan all season long of the Cleveland Browns in the last two minutes of football games. And once again, they proved that they're not able to do that. Does that come from the fact they have a rookie head coach who doesn't want to make he wants to make conservative plays? Sure. I mean, I can buy that, but they're going to have to do, improve upon that if they're going to want to find their way, because we saw around right on the other end what being bold and being smart does to you on that fourth and one. Everyone thought, oh, there's no way they're going to go for it. They're obviously just going to try to get in the jump off sides before kicking uh, for before punting the ball. But Super Bowl head coaches, you have to be bold. And the Cleveland Browns just weren't bold enough. And uh, they ended up not winning the game. So, uh, yeah, and f- the future outlook for them is going to be okay. I mean, uh, they there's not like they're going to be losing any talent, and they might lose Odell Beckham, but, hey, they got to this point without him, right? And hopefully if they can trade him, they can get a little value to, again, improve the team because I like all the new acquisitions they've made. I, I like uh, Carl Joseph they got in the offseason. Austin Hooper, we know, is a very good tight end. Jarvis Landry can still play football. Higgins is still, uh, you know, a decent enough receiver. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think it comes to improving the roster too much in the offseason. It's about growing uh, maturity wise for me. Well, cer- certainly they want to have a good draft. They they, they want to solidify the offensive and defensive lines and maybe the linebacker position in the secondary. Um, so they're going to have to have a good draft. It's, it's no lock that they are on top of the division with the Ravens being there. I, I think they will overtake Pittsburgh. But look, the Browns have got it. This is one year. Okay, let's let's not get too ahead of our heels. I give them credit where credit's due, but we if you want to change a culture and you want to change a franchise, this has got to be something that's consistent. So let's see what happens in the offseason and the next year. But again, I'll give a hand clap to the Cleveland Browns. Heck of a season, not only getting to the playoffs, but winning a game and taking Kansas City to their limit. Great job, but Kansas City advances. But the big talk after this game spends. Patrick Mahomes, your franchise quarterback, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, looks like it, it could be a neck injury in addition to a foot injury, and he's having to go through concussion protocol. Patrick Mahomes, we're not 100% sure he's going to be on the field for this championship game. And, and this, I, I believe ESPN put out a stat that the percentages of Kansas City winning is somewhere around 60% if Mahomes is in, and it drops to 30%. If he's not in Spence, give us your quick take the difference in how this game will shape up. If Patrick Mahomes is in the lineup and if he is not. Oh, I'll be the first to admit that I hate the Kansas city chiefs. The group of Raiders fan, it's nothing I can do about it. But with that being said, I would never wish an injury upon anyone, nor do I want to see the chiefs lose without him. Because when you see a, a rival team, you don't want a hollow victory against them in the playoffs. You want to dominate. And uh, this has actually been a good, playoff uh in in my opinion there's been a lot of division rivalries going down a lot of hall of fame quarterbacks rolling so to see it kind of go to the super bowl without patrick mahomes would not feel right now if he's not healthy enough uh i do i would not like to see him risk it at all even if it's the foot injury that keeps him out who cares i mean the health of him long term is much more important for the league than it is for just one single afc championship game and obviously it would still be good for the league if the bills made the super bowl it's not like uh, they're not a storied franchise, not a beloved franchise who hasn't never made a Super Bowl or something like that. They're a team that has been wildly successful, you know, before my time. Uh, but, you know, going Chad Henney in a playoff game in the AFC championship game, he had a decent run there at the end. Uh, but a lot of that just comes from the play calling of Andy Reid. He's just so good at developing plays, switching guys around, making people uncomfortable. But that only works maybe in four minute uh, situations like they had. He probably had a very short playbook. Uh, you know, for Chad Henney, when it comes to game planning the entire time for him, yeah, you might have a little bit of a struggles there. He's going to have the weapons, Chad, uh, but I, I would imagine the line would move about a full touchdown if uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. Spence, um, it's it's really going to be interesting. I, I think Patrick Mahomes will play. Of course, I have no inside information, or this is just complete opinion. If he will play. I don't, of course, he's not going to be 100%. He'll probably get some kind of injection in that foot to manage the play. And, and someone like Pat Mahomes could easily, in a situation where there's so many question marks, play his best game. And Buffalo is going to have to be prepared for that. 
But I got to keep going back, Spence, that that Kansas City has not covered a game in four months. And they've been lucky to get through some of these games with wins. Their kicker is a liability as far as I'm concerned. I like Buffalo's kicker a lot more. And I think Buffalo completely has the momentum. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And I think Buffalo comes out on top. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to be completely – they cannot have the mistakes they had against Indianapolis, and they can't have the ebbs and flows in in unbalance that they had against Baltimore. And it's going to be a really good game. And Patrick Mahomes will play. I am convinced. And it's going to be a heck of a game. And I think either team is going to have their hands full with whoever they play in the Super Bowl. And Spence, I got 18-1. to on the William Hill app, I only put five bucks on it, but I put Super Bowl matchup and, and outcome Green Bay over Buffalo. So I, I'm only we're in the final four. These two teams could be facing each other, and I have a separate ticket on Green Bay to win the whole thing. So I may be buying back some Bills money. I just think Aaron Rodgers is too good right now. I, I, I love Buffalo. I am on the Bills bandwagon. I love Josh Allen, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just too good and. He, he's just so dialed in, Spence, that I don't know that, that he can be stopped at all. And that being said, let's move in to the divisional rounds in the NFC, and let's start off Green Bay, L.A. Rams. I, I thought the Rams put up a better fight than, than I anticipated. I was pretty close in calling the score right on. But, man, Aaron Rodgers made the key throws when he had to. He had a drop from Alan Lazard earlier, but Alan Lazard made up for it with the dagger touchdown catch. Jared Goff, we don't know what his future will look like. He he played pretty pretty hard given the conditions, and they stayed closer than I thought they would. But Green Bay pulled away at the end. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he gets overlooked a lot, Spence. He gets overlooked a lot and and talking about the greatest ever because not because he's underrated, but because everybody has such high expectations for Aaron Rodgers. We're not surprised about his greatness. He leads the Packers to the playoffs. Year in and year out, probably nine out of ten years. This would be this would be huge. Tom Brady coming into town, uh, two of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. One of them will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And what a point in his career! We're talking Aaron Rodgers. If he can get to the Super Bowl and win it, uh, and he's having one of his best years ever. Yeah, and he he has no soul in his eyes. He's uh, all about his business right now, and. The thing that's so hard to play against the Packers is you just have no idea what they're going to do going into the game. You game plan, you game plan. Rams thought, oh, they're going to pass the ball, pass the ball. Then they run the ball, and then they do a lot of short passes. Again and again, they keep hammering the short passes, 10-yard, 5-yard, 5-yard, 5-yards. And they're like, okay, we're going to start creeping up here because we kind of sense we're going to try to get pick them off. You know, but Let's jump the routes here. And then Aaron Rodgers sees that the safeties are way too high up, and he just signals over. All right, go ahead. I see it. The vertical's open. And, of course, he, he sidearms it perfectly into his arm. So, yeah, he's just on another level. He's reading defenses like books. And keep in mind, that was probably the best defense left in the playoffs. Uh, the Chiefs' defense certainly is not very good. Now, the Bills have been successful, but they haven't played anybody, uh, you know, like the Packers this season uh, in terms of offensive prowess. So, you know, obviously, if they do have Pat Mahomes, the Bills' defense will get tested to the max. Uh, the Packers have, have it all going, you know. Uh, you know. It's it's hard to judge them defensively just quite yet because, you know, they'll have the real matchup here against the Bucks, who are able to score points against anybody. The LA Rams just didn't have a quarterback. Jared Goff, even when he's pretty healthy, might not have been able to win that game for them, and he was playing without an, a complete hand at that point. So I like the Packers. It's the thing is, it's like, tell me how the Packers lose, and you're going to have a hard time making that argument. I agree, Spence. A f- former Cleveland Browns head coach for a little while, Mike Pettin, is a defensive coordinator for Green Bay, and they're playing their best football of the year at this time of year, and they deserve a lot of credit. And Aaron Rodgers has been that steady, smooth sailing ship with that team and that franchise his entire career. He's having his one of his best years ever. Devontae Adams is record-setting. And, Spence, you really hit it on the head talking about Aaron Rodgers' football IQ and how we can get them out uh, of pass plays into run plays, out of run plays into pass plays, and they can run the football. And they're doing this all without all-pro tackle David Bakhtiari, and they are still finding a lot of success. I just think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. 
I think the climate is not going to affect Green Bay as much as it's going to affect Tampa. And I just think Aaron Rodgers is that much better. Now, Tampa Bay, they were down 10 to nothing in week six at home against Green Bay. And then Tampa Bay rolled off 40-something straight and destroyed Green Bay. I think this Green Bay team is much more mature and they're playing a lot better than they were then. And I think this is going to be Green Bay's day, Spence. But let's talk about Tampa a little bit. They got a 30-20 to victory over the New Orleans Saints and what seemed to be Drew Brees' swan song, possibly more than likely his last game as quarterback in the NFL. But Tom Brady does it again, Spence. And you've had doubts at points this year uh, about both of these quarterbacks, Tom Brady in particular, because he's the one that advanced. And correct me if I'm wrong, Spence, but I do recall for a long time, even since the beginning of the year, saying, you just there's just something about Tom Brady. There's just something that he does when he's out there in these games and other people play better. And it, it's hard to to analyze. It's hard to quantify. But when you are playing with the greatest quarterback, the greatest football player ever to live, and this guy has so many championships, you can, just can't help but just have a little extra pep in your step, a little more focus on your job, a little more enthusiasm to make that play, to make that hit. And, Buff- and Tampa Bay did that. They'd made enough plays defensively. They came alive offensively in the second half. And Tom Brady is in another championship game. This one, the NFC championship game, in a duel coming up this Sunday against Aaron Rodgers. It sets the stage for a classic matchup. Tampa Bay, we don't know if they'll have Antonio Brown, but they will have Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans. We know they've ran the ball well this postseason with Leonard Fournette. Byron Leftwich is trying to dial it up offensively, and they've got some young studs, Tampa does, on the defensive end of the ball. And even though it was many weeks ago, you can't take away the fact that Tampa Bay destroyed Green Bay by three-plus scores. It's going to be an excellent matchup, and one of the two goats will be going to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Yeah, and just think about the path that any of these quarterbacks are going to get to the Super Bowl. If it's Tom Brady, he rolls through Drew Brees. Basically, Drew Brees' division, I say quote-unquote, he only has one Super Bowl, but he's kind of known as the guy in the NFC for all these years. Tom Brady goes there in his first year, and he just he puts him in their place. It's unbelievable what he's been able to do. Just transitioning to an entirely new franchise after being in the same system his entire life, or NFL career, I should say. Uh, maybe there's something to the secret of not eating strawberries. I don't know what it is, but when you start the game off so poorly, the three and outs, that lead all the way to the, uh, the Saints in the red zone. You have to believe that something, some part of it has to do with Tom Brady just f- let, ha- helping the guys focus in on what they need to do to win the game. They keep it to 6-0, and Tom Brady's like, all right, we're settled in. Doesn't matter how bad we started. Let's see what we can do right now. And eventually they just took over the game. And again, we just talked about how hard it is to beat the Green Bay Packers, but how many times in our lifetimes have we said that Tom Brady cannot do it anymore or that he's not good enough to, to beat somebody. He seems to find a way to just elevate his team above any means necessary. Now, the good sign for the Buccaneers, they played a pretty good good game defensively, especially you know after the big punt. The special teams was awful, but the defense itself played really well. And we were talking about it before the show, just how well their rookies have shined and how lucky they got to get the players they did in the draft. Tristan Wirfs is playing incredible. This is a guy who's in his rookie season playing like a pro like an all pro that's been in the league for 10 years. He was my second favorite offensive lineman in the draft actually. So, and we know how good Winfield has been just tackling, being in position, mm. very rare to see a safety have the ability that he does. So, and the impact so early. Absolutely. Uh, but they're not going to have as easy a time. We just talk, and you talk about that Packers Tampa Bay matchup. They're not going to be able to score that easily, but I think they will be able to put points up. I don't know what the over is in this game, but I'm a big fan of it because I think some the the NFL or the yeah, the NFL playoffs are due for just an all out shootout. And if if there is going to be one, it's going to be this game. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. This is the rest stop. We come to you every Tuesday and Thursday live, nine o'clock Pacific time. Uh, please support us on the Twitch app or www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. There's a place to subscribe and like and comment on the Twitch app. It'll be very helpful. Please do that. And if you miss any part of the show live, make sure you check out the podcast version. You can do it on your way to work, on your way home from work, before you go to bed. Google, Audio Boom, Spotify, Apple, 
Apple Podcasts, and search Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there. My personal YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. Please like and support and subscribe to that as well. Spence, we're continuing with our NFL talk and, and with the NFC, and let's talk a little bit about the Saints and Drew Brees. It looks like this is Drew Brees' last game. He's going to be doing some studio work, it looks to be, with NBC, Notre Dame football. Not the way Drew Brees would like to end his NFL career in an underwhelming performance, but he has had quite the career. Where does Drew Brees rank for you, Spencer the Wiz, on your list of all-time quarterbacks? Is he in your top 10, in your top 5? I know you probably haven't seen the likes of Dan Marino and Joe Montana, John Elway in person. I know your dad's a big football fan. What do you know or have you seen about these guys? And where do you kind of rank Drew Brees on that list? Yeah, that's a really tough question because there was an era, so many quarterbacks we just talked about, but it's hard for me to judge them. I can see highlight tapes all the time, but you can make highlight tapes for just about anybody and make them look like uh, they're amazing. Uh, I don't know. If he's a top 10 quarterback, I mean, regular season stats say he is, but Again, he's had some really good teams. I, I can't think of any time that he carried them all the way, you know, through the playoffs. He kind of just rode with the momentum and, and everything like that. He's look, he's going to be known as one of the all time greats, but I, I don't think I'm ready to put him in my top 10 just yet. I'd have to really go down the list and also like really get the opinions of people who saw it in person because there is no substitute in sports statistics. I really don't care about. I think statistics can help support your ideology but the eye test is always the most important mm. thing. The juice, that's another level that, that you can only see if you watch. Even it, like I think watching sports live is truly the only way to become knowledgeable about sports. Because if you just look at a piece of paper, mm. your opinion is going to be wrong. Just a quick example. Let's say a guy was 9 of 10 from the free throw line. But if that last free throw was at the end of the game when they needed it the most, you probably wouldn't recognize that because you don't see it on the stat sheet. It's not transparent. So uh, I, I like Drew Brees. I think he's obviously a good guy. He's done so much for the city of New Orleans. Uh, I'm not going to put him up near someone like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I just don't think he's in the same tier as those guys. Spence, I, I love Drew Brees, but I do agree with you. And I think you were spot on. Spence, you have a fantastic analysis of your description of Hall of Fame players, of great players, of elite players. The eye test is so important. You can, you can, there's people out there that are professional sports bettors. They don't watch a game. They don't know games. And I'm sorry, people that don't watch games intently don't know it as well as other people when they're not watching it in detail. You can argue this with me until the cows come home. It doesn't matter. It's the truth. I've been watching, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've been watching football on tape uh, since. I was seven or eight years old. My dad VHS taped the entire 1988 Vikings playoff run where they were a wild card team. Their backup quarterback came in. They won two straight road games. One of them was in Candlestick Park against the San Francisco 49ers led by Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And the Vikings lost by one score in the championship game to the Washington Redskins, who would go on to win that Super Bowl that year with Doug Williams leading the charge against the Denver Broncos. And I was watching in detail at seven, eight years old. I watched that player front consistently. Chris Dolman was my favorite defensive player for the Vikings early on. I learned little things about football that a lot of people don't know if they're not diehard fans. I've been a diehard football fan watching Vikings games in their entirety my entire life. I missed a few years when games weren't on TV in your local region because they didn't have direct TV back then. But as soon as they did, and I was a young teenager, I've been watching games. I love football. I watch preseason religiously, Spencer the Wiz, because I love to talk about a Taylor Heineke where nobody in the world knows who the hell he is. But since I watch tons of preseason football, I can tell you everybody's quarterback depth chart because I like to bet on it too. So I want to know who's playing in these games. You study the NBA draft, Spence. I love the NFL draft. I love the draft. Basically, what I'm saying is I think you're spot on. If you don't watch sports or these types of sports in detail, it's hard to really uh, make a fair analysis of what you're seeing with your eyes if you if you know the position and know what it takes to be successful. And Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. But you mentioned it, Spence. Does he have has he carried a team on his own? Does he have that extra juice? He has something, but there's just been not enough, like you said, to put him on the tier of an Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, or Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He's not there, in my opinion, in your opinion. He may be on the next tier down. I certainly think he's a tier above uh, a Matt Ryan and a tier above 
uh, and Eli Manning. And those guys, uh, Eli Manning has multiple Super Bowls. I think Drew Brees is certainly a little bit above there. But I think there's an elite Mount, Mount Rushmore of guys. And I'm not talking five. I'm talking ten guys. And I don't think Drew Brees makes that list. We mentioned a couple in the 80s. Dan Marino, John Elway, Peyton Manning's got to be on that list. Aaron Rodgers. Um, Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Uh, it's arguable with Brett on that. I mean, because there's just so there's so many good guys, Spence. You go back to the seventies, um, you know, Johnny Unitas is going to be on some people's list. Joe Namath did not have the statistics, but a lot of people that watch Namath play would say he's got to be in the conversation. Uh, Terry Bradshaw statistically was not there as it was a different game, but he's got four titles. Joe Montana, we didn't even talk about. There's so many guys um, that were perennial MVPs that went to Super Bowls. Uh, Dan Marino, if you want to talk about eye test, uh, you want to talk about a different day and age of quarterback when we weren't talking mobile quarterback, but Dan Marino could make every throw you could think of, and and he was just incredible. Uh, Dan Marino was so fun to watch. But, look, Drew Brees has nothing to hang his head about, Spence. He's got a Super Bowl title, and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he's done a lot for his community, for his organizations, and his family, and he should be applauded. So let's give Drew Brees a round of applause right now. That's his swan song going out of the NFL. Congratulations to Drew Brees. Brian Bravo's got the stat right there. Second all-time in NFL history in touchdown passes. We salute you, Drew Brees, if that's your last game in an NFL uniform. And you, my friend, are one of the best. Uh, regardless of where me and Spencer the Wiz rank you, you deserve a lot of credit. Fantastic year. Unfortunately, only one team can get to the Super Bowl and to the championship game, and it will not be the New Orleans Saints this year. Spence, last thing on the Saints, Sean Payton considered all around the league as one of the great coaches in the NFL. Where do they go from here? Do they stick with Jameis Winston to be their quarterback of the future, or do they look to make a splash in the trade market or the draft market? There's a guy that's talking about playing the last slap snap for his organization, a franchise quarterback, a fellow by the name of Deshaun Watson. So first, talk about the Saints' future at QB, and then we'll dive into that other name that we mentioned, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, he, James Winston came in for one play. He threw a very accurate deep ball, so that's a good sign. James Winston could be successful. Uh, they have everything you could ever need as a quarterback. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Alvin Kamara, arguably the greatest running back in the NFL. Uh, I, I see no and a good offensive line. Drew Brees wasn't destroyed this season. Now he had a bad injury off of a sack, but obviously you're going to take at least a couple of sacks throughout the season. They have. Uh, it just comes down to whether or not they believe him and whether or not they can be in position to get somebody else. I don't think there's any free agents this, this offseason. I'm sure they would love a Marcus Mariota after seeing how well he played, but he's not going to be available. The Raiders are obviously going to make sure they pick up his option going into it. Uh, do they go, do they look at Taysom Hill potentially? I mean, he played really well, but I'm not buying into that either. A guy who isn't a real traditional quarterback, who doesn't really have the snaps as one, do they try to go for a two quarterback system uh, and try to mix it up a little bit there? I'm not sure, but uh, I just James just isn't. He doesn't feel smart enough to play the quarterback position. So to ask him to win playoff games for you seems a little bit of a stretch. But they may just have to sit on him for a season and hope something opens up next year. I'd give him a chance, Spence. I'd give him a season to see if under Sean Payton he's learned a little bit to hone in uh, some of the bad decision making. I think he look. He was a first overall pick. He was, I believe, a national champion at Florida State. He's got the ability, in my opinion. I think you give him a year with Sean Payton and see how his game's improved over the entirety of a 16-game NFL season. I think you give Jameis a shot and see if he's somebody that you can count on for the next three to four years to kind of keep the New Orleans Saints on a playoff trajectory in that division. I'd give him a shot. I would certainly think of some options in the draft. You're going to have guys possibly in the later rounds like a Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Uh, we know Mac Jones raised his stock in Alabama. Does he go in the first round? There's a handful of guys, Spence, in this year's draft that could be quarterbacks that don't necessarily have to step in day one and be successful that maybe they can learn. I know that's not how the NFL really operates this day and age from that position, but it's certainly something in the case of the New Orleans Saints that if Jameis sticks around another year that you could put a young guy on the sideline next to him and to learn from Peyton and from Jameis. So let's see how that shapes up. And it's going to be interesting, Spence. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. His name has been in the news here with Houston as it's been made clear throughout the media that a lot of people think he's played his last snap 
in a Houston Texans uniform. This is this is incredible. Uh, have we ever seen a franchise quarterback traded in his prime? Um, the Houston Texans continue to look like they're spiraling downhill as a franchise. And look, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause in his contract, so he really can dictate where he goes based on uh, what his choices are. But if you're the Houston Texans, I don't care what you have to do. It's, it's going to have to take a King's ransom for me to move off to Sean Watson. I would do everything in my power, Spence, to sit down and talk with him. I don't care if you got to go to his high school coach, his college coach, Dabo Sweeney, and figure out how do we repair this relationship. You can't let him go. Let's just play a hypothetical. Let's say the Jets really want him. Would they give up Sam Darnold? I would want Sam Darnold. I would want at least three first-round picks and three second-round picks. Spence, you would have to give up the farm. If not, I don't care. I'm sitting on Deshaun Watson. I don't. I think this could be uh, an awful mistake, a, a mistake that will be talked about from just destroying a franchise for many years. Oh, well, teams spend lifetimes trying to find Hall of Fame quarterback talent. I am 23 years old, and not once in my uh, life have the Raiders had a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. Not a single one in my, for 23 years almost 24 years now. So the fact that the Texans, they get their guy, they got him. Your only job once you find your franchise quarterback is to make him happy and everything else just kind of falls in line. Now the Packers got lucky, I think, and a little bit. They're lucky how much allegiance Aaron Rodgers has to them because he was increasingly growing upset with the way they ran the organization. It ended up working out. But when you make decisions to keep Bill O'Brien around after the worst playoff game of all time, coaching performance of all time, and you promote him, your quarterback might be a little upset with the way things are going. And then also to have all these issues and he's upset that they're not taking social issues serious enough too. So there's all facets of the game that he is just not vibing with at all. So they're going to have to make some changes as a franchise to make this happen. And when your own, when the owner or the GM, I think, came out and said that there were no issues, again, the fact that you're just ignoring him, not uh, you know um, interviewing the coaches that he was interested in, not interviewing the uh, GMs, it's just it doesn't make any sense how away they're going from their team. And we also saw how disgruntled JJ Watt was. That's it. They should go to these guys and ask them what they want to do with the franchise because nothing happens without them. Spence, let's give a quick shout-out to Jose Volante. Jose Volante is horse, host of Straight Bet Sports on Gorilla Cross Radio on Wednesdays, uh, fellow Las Vegan here in the sports industry, and I believe today is Jose's birthday. Jose, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you for joining us on the rest stop briefly here. Wish you a happy birthday. I know you were recently in Miami. I hope you and your wife had a great time, and we'll give you a quick shout-out here on the air. Happy birthday, my man. And uh, Jose says he's a Jets fan and he'd give up Sam and some picks for Deshaun. I think pretty much uh, 27 franchises, Spence, would give up quite a bit to have Deshaun Watson. The only ones that maybe wouldn't at this point in time would be the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, um, possibly the Cincinnati Bengals. And can you think of another team off the top of your head? There may be one or two. The Chargers may not want to part from uh, Herbert. But uh, pretty much everybody else would be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, and they should be because this guy is a phenomenal talent. He's a, a championship quarterback. He won national titles at Clemson. He's the best thing the Houston Texans franchise have had going for quite some time. And I think any team should be on the horn seeing what they can do to acquire this guy. But, of course, Deshaun has got to sign off on that. But if you're Houston, you do whatever it takes to not let this guy leave the building. I don't care what it is. And if you can't do that, that speaks to the guys that you have in that front office and that coaching staff. And what coach is going to take on that responsibility of not knowing for sure that this guy is going to want to stay in-house? And, and I think anybody interviewing for that coaching position, Spence, should, should have complete assurance from Deshaun Watson that he will give an opportunity to stay there. If not, why even take that job? No, I totally agree. I'm not taking anything related to the Houston Texans because they're the worst run franchise in all of football. So you got it. And, and you're going to tell me that I'm not starting off with even a franchise quarterback. So essentially you have nothing to go off of. You're going to try to convince a coach to join because of JJ. But keep in mind, when you get a shot as an NFL coach, it's not like basketball where you get moved around quite a bit and you can go to the lower teams. 
you have one shot as an NFL coach, the, like 95% of the time. So if you're going to accept this job, you have to know that this might be it for you. If you don't play well, you got to play at least eight football. Uh, if you don't, you're going to be a, you're going to be a coordinator somewhere for the next 15 years before you might, you might get another opportunity. They're just, they're going to have a hard time. And I don't think Eric B is going to have any interest in joining the team. Uh, you know, especially if Deshaun Watson ends up leaving. Spence, let's hit some more NFL news. I want to talk a little, we didn't talk about this in the rundown, but Urban Meyer, he's putting together his staff. He hired GM Trent Bulky, former San Francisco 49ers GM, now the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looks like he'll be bringing in uh, former Vikings, former Cowboys coordinator, Scott Linehan. Urban Meyer trying to make some noise around that coaching staff, trying to get some guys in place uh, to make him and this franchise succeed. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence first overall. I think uh, the stock is moving up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You talked about maybe the questionable, questionable character of Urban Meyer. I don't think that's going to be in the discussion. Just as far as building a franchise, Spence, I mean, do you? Th- they've got a lot of young talent. I think Jacksonville can be one of the most improved teams coming in already coming into the season if Trevor Lawrence is healthy. Yeah, they weren't the worst team in football even this season. Uh, they tanked, let's be honest. Uh, they did not put their players in the correct position to win games because they wanted Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's the way you have to play it if you want to change your franchise and you're that bad. The only thing that worries me is Chip Kelly. I, I know it doesn't. it's hard to equate the two because Urban Myers is a better coach than Chip Kelly, but if you just look at the offenses that he's played, he's never had a successful NFL quarterback You know, transition. Uh, Tim Tebow, obviously, we know is a college quarterback. And then you go through all the Ohio State guys who were na- made names for themselves, got drafted, and then just kind of fluttered out. He's going to have to learn to play an NFL offense. He's going to put a lot of trust in his offensive coordinator. Now, can he do it? Yes, but I just want to see it first before I'm all over it because we know he's making the right decisions on paper, but when it comes to the field, completely different experience. Spence, uh, more NFL news before we move on to a little Major League Baseball news. Uh, But first, Dan Campbell is going to be the new head coach of the Detroit Lions Dan Campbell played tight end in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. He was an interim coach with the Miami Dolphins and most recently position coach with the New Orleans Saints. Dan Campbell is certainly uh, an emotional, fiery guy. Uh, and I think this could be a good move for the Detroit Lions. They're they're desperate to do anything, Spence, to get this organization on the right track. My, I think the biggest decision Dan Campbell is going to make, and I, I think I know where he's going to go with it, but what is he going to do at the quarterback position? I'm convinced right now Matthew Stafford will stay with the Detroit Lions. And again, unless there's an offer and trade for King's ransom, uh, I think Stafford will be back. And I think Dan Campbell will maybe see the Lions have a little more success than anybody's had with Detroit here in the last five or six years. There's no reason they shouldn't make the playoffs. It just go down their roster. Look at the names they have on there. Less talented teams. The Chicago Bears made the playoffs. Uh, with their team. And I think the Lions top to bottom are just better than them uh, with talent wise. There's no excuse. He's going to have to convince this franchise that they're not a bunch of losers. That is not easy to do being that they have never even gotten out of the first round of the playoffs in franchise history. So they're putting, they're asking him to do a lot. Uh, So what I think he should focus on is improving the team, maybe get to eight and eight just to give them a taste of what it's like to be semi successful in this league. And they're not going to do it without Matthew Stafford. It's unfortunate because we don't know what he could have been if he played for a competent franchise. This guy with multiple 5,000-yard seasons, something that's not happening right now like at all. It's still unheard of, even in the passing era. This guy has elevated this franchise well above where they should have been ever. If he wasn't the quarterback for this team and they were just trotting around guy after guy, they might have the first overall pick like three years in a row. They have a lot to thank for him, and he has not, he doesn't owe them anything. But we know if he goes on the field, he's going to put his heart out there. He played Week 17 with a bunch of injuries because he loves the game. So hopefully they can give him something back. We'll see uh, what Dan Campbell can do as their head coach. Spot on there, Spencer the Wiz. Spence, let's go to some Major League Baseball news. The New York Mets GM Jared Porter fired in 2016, sent over 60 60- explicit photos, texts to a female reporter um, when he was with the Cubs organization. 
And now it looks like he may never have a job in baseball again. Spence, in this cancel culture, we've seen it through ESPN, through NFL Network. You can go through the list of names of media personalities and sports personalities who have gotten hot water because of sexual misconduct within the workplace, whether it's harassment, uh, lewd texts. Spence, when are guys in this industry going to learn? Come in, do your job, keep it professional, and that's it. This is insane to me that we're still having this discussion that these guys are running rampant in the sports media, whether it's ESPN, Fox, if it's your local sports place or professional franchises, that these guys uh, are acting inappropriately towards women or really towards anybody. What is going on, Spence? It's the way we idolize celebrities. We put them on another pedestal, and especially men. Uh, they just get star treatment wherever they go. Restaurants and bars. People treat them like gods when obviously we should not be doing that at all. They're just people who make a tremendous amount more money than we do. And if any, in case anyone doesn't uh, know that, they don't care about you. They don't care about the common person. Now some of them do. I'm not saying that. But when you see stuff like that, obviously this guy's not thinking about other people. He thinks it's untouchable because he's a millionaire and he can treat you know women reporters the way he wants. So they have to change the, the attitude. All these sports, I mean, they have to the first thing they should have done is ban him from ever getting a job. Right now we're talking about, is he going to get another one? There shouldn't be a question about that. They, the league should ban him from doing that. There's got to be some sort of punitive punishment for these actions. And he's, is he going to have a lawsuit on his hands? Yes, but he should have jail time. If these guys just think that money, they have enough money. They have enough money to last lifetimes. So if they just have to pay a fine for sexual misconduct, they're going to keep doing it. And the guy who also is thinking about doing it, he's going to start doing it or he's going to continue doing it because of our attitude and the way we look at these guys. And it's just treatment on Twitter and stuff like that. And obviously the cancel culture is going to come after him, but it would not surprise me to see him have another job in, in, a, in like next year because the American attention spans about two months long. Uh, when he does get hired, we'll say, oh, remember him? He sexually harassed somebody. Well, I think he got over it. Okay. And then we'll all move on. I guarantee it. Brian Bravo is saying he's going to forward us the pick from Jared Porter. Brian Bravo, uh, do you have this pick in your possession of Jared Porter's dong? Because uh, this is how you described in your words. Uh, do you care to, to give the audience – a detailed description of this dong that you're referring to, Brian Bravo. Do you have uh, any details you'd like to share with the rest stop audience uh, on this picture? Uh, do you approve of, of this said dong? Uh, is it something that the females that you know of Brian Bravo would also approve of? Uh, how would you describe this pick uh, to, to the listeners out there? Please feel free to share that in the chat. Uh, why Brian Bravo digs, the Jared Porter penis picture out of his portfolio. We will move on, Spence, and we will talk some NBA basketball as we're wrapping up the rest stop here on this Tuesday. And let's kick it off with uh, last night's game, Spence. Lakers-Warriors, and the Warriors were down 19 points. 19 points in the fourth quarter in the second half, and they came roaring back, led by Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and they beat the Lakers 115-113. LeBron James had a three-point attempt deep at the buzzer to win it, and he was off. What a comeback win by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Kelly Oubre missed quite a few threes. He made one or two. He was great defensively. Andrew Wiggins got hot a little bit in the third and fourth quarter, missed some key free throws. Anthony Davis was great, again, from what I saw. I, it was really tough. I, I don't know how Golden State found a way to did it, do it, but they uh, came back and got the win. Uh, does this mean anything to you, Spence? It kind of looked like for a little bit there, the Lakers were going through the motions and, and allowed Golden State to creep back in. But a nice win on primetime TNT last night for Golden State. Well, yeah, nothing happens without Draymond Green. So if he misses any more time, they're not going to make the playoffs. So he has to stay healthy for them to have a chance. Because uh, we know there's a lot of teams, a lot of surprising teams, like the Memphis Grizzlies who are around that spot. We know there's been a lot of disappointing teams, like the Pelicans, who are obviously going to be looking for that as well. I don't see them climbing the ladder uh, of the West. You know, just, they don't, as long as Damian Lee and Kelly Oubre keeps continues to play as bad as he does, they're going to have a hard time uh, fitting in that slot. But still, you have a former MVP. This is a guy who can carry a team. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as he can keep the passion. When he's not playing with guys who he's familiar with, he seems to just kind of lose interest in the game a little bit and he starts shooting worse. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's a very strange player. He's a hard to get a read on. Very uh, talkative with his body language. If you watch the games, you can kind of just see different Steph Curry's every night based on the way he carries himself. 
uh, the, yeah, I mean, look, they're going to win some games. I think they beat the Clippers uh, very recently. They're 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 starting to catch fire, but they can't even afford one injury uh, on the team. And you're just it's not going to happen in the middle of COVID. Uh, you're playing also just the game of basketball. Uh, I think they're going to go through a lot of struggles. And I'm just Steve Kerr. I don't think is the greatest coach in the world. I'm not sure he's going to be able to keep it together all the way. Uh, so we'll see what the happens going forward. I mean. Uh, it's kind of a prove me wrong type of situation because they've been so successful. Uh, I just don't believe in it. That's all. Spence, the team that you mentioned earlier, the Memphis Grizzlies, getting a little bit of buzz around the NBA as they've got Jara- Ja Morant back in the lineup and uh, unanimously on NBA radio, Sirius XM 86 today, Brad Doherty uh, was one of the hosts on the show saying um, who plays harder what team plays harder in the entire league than the Memphis Grizzlies? And unanimously, nobody could say any team played harder than the Memphis Grizzlies. They've won quite a few games here lately. They held it together without John Moran in the lineup. Man, this is your team, Spence, but we've got to get this is not biased. We've got to give them a lot of credit. They are playing a hard basketball. Their head coach deserves credit. These young guys deserve credit. And Memphis could find their way in the playoffs again in a tough Western Conference. It's not set in stone that they will. But it was certainly a surprise that they made the playoffs last year. If they do it again this year, uh, it will be another big surprise. And the ceiling looks very high for this Memphis team. If they can make a couple good draft picks, continue to develop these young guys, Memphis does have an opportunity uh, to compete in a really tough conference. Yeah, so uh, this is obviously Memphis's 20th season in the NBA as a franchise. Uh, I used to watch them in the pyramid, uh, so that's how old I am and how long I've been watching the Memphis Grizzlies. And just seeing them transition throughout my lifetime is something special. Uh, you know, that conference finals run they had as as a kid uh, was one of the you know most special times I can even think of being a basketball fan. Taylor Jenkins getting the most out of his players, and you want to talk about the rookies too, Desmond Bain, uh, Tillman, uh, Xavier Tillman. He's also from Michigan State. He's having just uh, playing well above where they should be. And he just knows how to push players. He pushes them to the limits. He's got Jonas Valanciunas extended to be on the three-point line, but only in specific spots at the top of the key as he's trailing, uh, whether he's wide open. Just knows how to keep teams honest. Knows how to take the uh, like attention of these 23-year-olds, these 22-year-olds that so few coaches in the NBA can do. And they're just able to win games they shouldn't all the time. They just beat the Phoenix Suns on MLK Day. They encompass the spirit of Memphis, uh, and that's where I'm from. Just a ragtag group of young kids who love playing the game, love playing the sport, and that's just what makes the team so special. That's why their fan base is so dedicated, and I can't wait to, for their fans to be back because when it when it gets rocky, FedEx form, there's nothing like it. Spence, we'll finish up the show in the NBA talk with the Brooklyn Nets, and more importantly, Kyrie Irving. Uh, look, he's back at practice for the Nets. I believe he's missed seven games. Uh, he was only fine for two. I don't know if it's getting enough attention, but what the hell is going on in this franchise, in this organization? Is Steve Kerr just laying down? And does he have no guts in this situation? I mean, the, the Brooklyn Nets franchise, Kyrie Irving tending to personal issues. You let your teammates down. You let the franchise down. I mean, I'm surprised Kyrie Irving is not getting raked across the coals unanimously amongst every talk host and sports personality in the entire world. Uh, I've never seen anything like this, Spence, where a guy just disappears for over a week in the beginning of a season. He didn't even play at all last year. Can this guy not compartmentalize what's going on in society politically with his job, what he has to do? Is he that uh, – does this guy need some some counseling, some uh, behavioral – um, psychological counseling. I, I'm not trying to be a, a jerk when I'm saying this, but the guy clearly takes things extremely to heart that he has no control over. He was not involved in this Capitol Hill uh, incident, nor any other incidents per- person. We know his, his philanthropic acts off the court, which could be applauded, but this guy clearly has an issue separating all of the above. He clearly cannot take on what's going on in the world and and realize that he has a job to do as well. Spence, this, this to me is just unacceptable. It, it is unacceptable. I mean, the only reason he's able to do any of this stuff is because of the game of basketball, and he does not respect it back. And it seems silly because basketball isn't serious ultimately in the grand scheme of things, but he's not going to be a millionaire. He's just not smart enough to 
start his own business or something like that and make the grind. So he needs to get back to his teammates who are, you know, anxiously awaiting uh, to him. But again, basketball is not the most important thing in his life and neither is it for James Harden. And all these guys are petty and everything like that. So when the first issue starts throughout the season, it's not going to be perfect. They're not going to win the NBA finals. I'll tell you that right now, uh, because if two guys aren't dedicated to winning basketball, uh, aren't dedicated and number one thing is in basketball to them, it's not going to happen. Can they change that mentality that they've had throughout their entire careers in half a season because it seems to all be working out now? I guess, maybe. Uh, I'm just not buying into that idea. They're going to be fun to watch. Of course, I'm going to be watching the Cavaliers game intently tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how good they can be, especially come playoff time. Well, Spence, through two games, James Harden statistically has put up some numbers, and they're 2-0. They beat Milwaukee in primetime last night. It's going to be fun to watch, Spence. I tend to agree with you. I don't think they're going to win the NBA title, but certainly through two games with Harden in the lineup, uh, they look really tough. I like Joe Harris. I like DeAndre Jordan in the middle. Um, we'll see if they can get some more production from uh, Luau Cabarro and some other guys coming off that bench. But Kyrie possibly back in the lineup against the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow. It's going to be fun to watch. I want to thank Brian Bravo, Pat Linder, everybody else for tuning in. The Tominator, Audrey Hartz, uh, thank you for joining us tonight on The Rest Off. We will be back Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back with NFL Championship Weekend Breakdown on Thursday. Join us, The Rest Off. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.